We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, Cal fans? We are back. It's officially football season, and you have made it to the right place, the Golden Bearcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Andy. Alongside me is Rob. We are a proud partner of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, and we are here to discuss the first game of the season. North Texas, all the heat, literally all the heat, and all of the rumors, boy, I, I will say, Rob, I think just like reflecting on the last podcast, that's the most accurate season preview we've ever, ever done. Hands ever. down. Ever. Mainly because yeah. we're overly optimistic. It never comes to fruition. And here we stand today with the Drop 50 dream fully realized after one week. It's beautiful. It's so, so, so beautiful. Like, God, the, the the vibes, man. The vibes starting like Saturday afternoon. Just impeccable. Like, just there was there wasn't a single person that was a Cal fan that I got to meet or see that didn't have the largest smile on their face as that game headed into that third and fourth quarter and after the game. Just the vibes were perfect. Tell me, let me get a little bit of the game day routine that you went through. Uh, for me personally, yeah. I woke up. I uh, woke up a little. I knew it was gonna be a long day, so I woke up a little later. Um, and then Nam calls me because he's trying to check in on what time he wants to. What time we're gonna meet at Tokyo Beer? Um, and, and so, yeah, that happens. Then I get ready. I leave the house at around 1030, get to Tokyo beer at around 11. Um, and then most of the writers meet us there at 1130, just cause we wanted to get a little powwow. It was perfect because there was a couple of TV issues that we were going through at Tokyo beer, but then we got that solved before everyone started to show up. And then we were watching the TCU Colorado game for a while, which was basically like a lose-lose situation for most Cal fans. Um, and then, and then the game kicked off. But like, like leading up to the week, like we, you know, we had set up that uh, viewing party at Tokyo Beer, um, and wasn't sure about how many people would show up. And we had our RSVP page, and I think a couple days before, I got a text message from one of the Tokyo Beer guys, and they were like. Yeah, your RSVP set at around 66, 67 right now. And I I was shocked that we were getting that many people. Um and that's about how many people showed up. Like coming coming and going, right? Um not everyone stayed the entire time. People some people had other things to do. So but yeah, it was uh we basically had the entire place um constantly full, ordering food, hanging out, singing the drinking song. Uh, watching the game and watching all of the offensive touchdowns that ensued, like just like the the a microcosm of that entire event happened the moment Jaden Knott got his first touch and ran the ball for forty one yards. 
that was the moment everyone exploded and we're like, holy shit, this is a new offense. And oh my God, are we really going to do this? Um, there are a couple of moments and we'll, we'll talk about it as, as the game progressed, but that was all in all like the, the perfect encapsulation of like the entire the entire day of everyone just kind of in shock and like a wow moment. Did Nam ever yell, run the damn ball, Jake? We did. We did. <laughs> we did yell that. We were, Nam and I were talking and I was like, we got to go back and look through all our 2016 tweets and just find all the little cliches and euphemisms that we created during that year. Because most of them will probably come back in, in true fashion. That's kind of where we're at. Yeah. Love it. What about you? What about you? Tell I mean, you and I have talked, but to our listeners, you you had a very different uh, Saturday in terms of watching the game. Yes, I did. I in my head, how the day was going to go was I was going to be super active on the East Coast, go out, do everything, and you know, surf, get everything out of the way. And what ended up transpiring was none of that happening, <laughs> and it being about three forty-five, and the game coming on around four o'clock. And me being headed out to a beach on a bike with my sister to go surf. And it was one of those things where I had a nice chance to reflect on the past podcast where I was like, it's a ritual for me. I have the hall pass. And then I wasn't living up to it. So I said, okay, I've never done this. I have YouTube TV, best thing ever. I was like, great. I have all the cow games recorded. So I'll go surf and I will, I will turn my phone on airplane mode. And then I'll come back and watch the game and, you know, catch up. And so I did that. But, of course, <laughs> there's a Cal text thread. And my buddy JJ did not want me to shout him out for this. But he's getting the shout out anyways. And I do have to find it. Just I do want to read the exact message that I that I saw. Because I happened to see one of the messages that I was desperately trying to avoid yeah by the way this is the story i put out on twitter saying that andy had probably a unique experience in watching the game and how how he how he reacted when things were happening you tweeted this i did with uh, like a thing i was like i was like on the phone with andy and his story about the game is hilarious we'll have <laughs> it for you on the golden bear cast <laughs> all right so i end up seeing a couple of messages from my good buddy JJ, proud member of the infamous bus two, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> and here are the messages that I got. So this is what I saw. Losing our starting QB and center is rough. LOL, this drive is so sloppy and it ends with a pick, period, fitting. That's what I saw. So that was the one message that I saw as this game was going on. It was those messages or the one series of messages were those messages back to back to back. Fast forward. I am now home and I'm about to settle in for a nice viewing of the football game. <laughs> and Rob calls me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Immediately worst case scenario. I'm like, he's calling me to let me know that we lost that Wilcox has been left on the tarmac, <laughs> that things are really bad, and that we just lost to North Texas. So that's my mindset. And I ignored Rob's call because I was like, I don't, I can't <laughs> know the outcome. I just, I just have my pieces that I'm putting together. I'm like, okay, that those series of messages, Rob's calling me after the game. Must not be good. Then I start watching this game and I am, I'm watching, and I knew that we had scored 14-14. So I did know that it was 14-14. That's where we left off. So the the only thing I knew was that we it was a tie game. So the first two touchdowns, you know, first time we scored twice, I was like, okay, dope. Then we give up the TDs to Macklin, and I'm like, not cool. And now I have these messages where I'm like, okay, it's going to go south. It's going to go bad. So the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, okay, what goes wrong? All right, Sam Jackson's out. And then uh, all of a sudden, like, I'm like, okay, like, that's pretty bad. Then I'm like, okay, at some point we're going to lose our center, right? Because that's where, those were the JJ messages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So I know that we're going to lose our starting quarterback. Sam Jackson goes down on the designed run. Then I'm like waiting for Cindric to go out. I'm just like, okay, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? And I'm like, oh, there must be, it's a backup quarterback. Okay. Arizona game. Unbelievable futility. Our offense won't do anything. And like, it just, man, full spiral the entire time. (laughs) But when I'm watching, I'm like, wait, we're elite. (laughs) (laughs) like this is amazing so the whole time anything anytime something good happens i would just counter and say well something bad has to eventually happen because why did i get these messages why was rob calling me so all these things go down so then Jaden ought i'm at at some point what was it 28 21 yeah no 28 14 yeah i'm like damn are we really blow i was like first of all we had like the first to 21 or whatever and like we we got that and I'm sure Avi tweeted it. Like I'm saying all these things. I'm like, this game has to be trending a positive direction. And then Rob, I'm like thinking back. I'm like, Rob said this was going to be the best, most deep, deepest defense that we've seen under Wilcox in some years. Like is like they give up all these points in North Texas. So then I'm like, okay, maybe their new coach with the air raid is like really good or Chandler Rogers. Like, dude, I'm just going through all these scenarios. <laughs> and then Jay not fumbles and they score before the half. I'm like, okay, all right, this is it. This is where it turns. Uh, Game's got to go south somehow. And so it's halftime. I'm like, all right, so I'm trying to skip through these damn ads, get to the third quarter. And then we start to score and we score some more and we score some more. And I'm like, how the hell do we lose this game? (laughs) So I tell my dad, I was like, hey, I'll make you a deal because I'm making him watch the whole thing with me. I said, you can go to bed once Cal reaches 45. Because I don't think we're going to lose a game in which we score 45 points. And he's like, all right, deal. So we hit 45, <laughs> 45 plus, And I turn over. I'm like, all right. And I was like, you know what? Do me a favor. On your way out, just like look the score up. Because at this point, like, I just want to know. <laughs> like, did we somehow blow a 21-point lead in the fourth quarter or something? He's like, oh, count one, like 58-21 or... <laughs> So then at that point, I was like, great. So I call Rob. I like go to the grocery store. So that way I didn't I didn't have to sit home and feel obligated to watch a fourth quarter because I fully expected it to go bad. Call Rob, get the update, hear about how well it went and then finish out. I mean, at that point, there was only, I think, like a touchdown or two left uh, left in the game for me to watch. And I mean, what an amazing it was definitely one of those experiences where I just kept being like, all right, like. When's it going to go bad? What's it going to go bad? And then it never went bad. And like that doesn't happen as a Cal fan. It really it doesn't. doesn't. It really doesn't. And like the the thing that encapsulates it the most is if 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 our listeners have watched the Hulu TV show The Bear, there's an episode there where Carmi is like talking to cousin and he says like what's what's that thing where you you are afraid of something bad hap- or good happening? because you know that there's something bad that's going to happen afterwards. That's basically like all of us watching this game, like going into halftime. We're like, the offense is too good. Something bad has to happen. now. (laughs) That's, that's kind of the vibes. That's the vibes I had while watching the game. And it's hilarious how multiple miles away, Andy is watching on a delay and he feels the exact same way as all of us watching in real time. Yes. All thanks to JJ. (laughs) (laughs) oh i mean look i'm gonna go through some of the stats that avi pulled and and some of the so some of the advanced analytics stuff that we're gonna have to talk about but like i i put out this tweet and i think it it's it's real fitting um to to where we are right now and i'm gonna try and find it here real quick um but basically, oh, this is going to be a little ways just because uh, yesterday was uh, Sunday. Okay, here we go. Here you go, Andy. Andy, a few. Let's travel back in time a little bit. Okay. The the year is 2016. This December. You, me, and Trace and Nam have an emergency podcast because Sonny Dykes had just been let go. All right. And after we had recorded that podcast, what was our conversations? The Wilcox scenario, right? That Spav and Wilcox had met, that they had had dinner together. They were 
because Spav was the interim uh, head coach at the time. We're trying to figure out this scenario. Is is Tosh coming? Like, what? how are we doing this? Who's taking the head coaching role? Who's going to be the OC? Who's going to call the shots? And then that never came to fruition. Fast forward to now. We're the six, the last seven years of us in our minds and everyone talking about, even former players talking about what if we paired that Sonny Dyke Spav offense with a Justin Wilcox defense? Couldn't it have worked? Why couldn't it have worked? Can we please try it? We didn't think we were going to get it, but we got it. And then this is the tweet I put out. Proof of concept happened today. A Wilcox defense paired with a SPAV offense. The simulations we ran in the faded December and January of 2016 to 2017 is unfolding before our eyes. If you believe the world is the matrix, then we have finally altered the source code. I got to say, it's a good tweet. It's a really good tweet. That's how I feel. <clears throat> it, it it absolutely feels like one, my immediate reaction to that is, holy shit, we've been doing this podcast for seven plus years. <laughs> Man. We went through um, some life stages. Secondly, you know, I, I yeah, it, it's, it's hard not to get, I think one of the things that I, I've been trying not to read too much because I want to like give all of you, our listeners, what my honest feedback is. And the nice thing is I don't have any social media and there's no way other than Rob calling me for really and a text thread for me to have any other opinions than just sort of what I see. And, you know, if my dad made any comments, but at that point he was like trying to fight off sleep on the couch. So, <laughs> but the one thing that I did read was like Nick's column. Cause of course. it's fantastic. Yep. An obvious column yep. that is always sort of like his is always a little bit more about like, where's the North star of the program headed. And I think with Nick's, what he said is like, I think you can eliminate the floor with this win. And I thought that was like really well said. Yep. So shout out to Nick for that. You can eliminate the worst case scenario. This team right. is too talented to, to be in that worst case scenario. Because there are a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. Can, you know, we, we killed it with the transfer portal this off season, but yep. what would that mean? Can you, can you do a TCU? Can you take a roster that is largely, a, you know, a large representation of new players and bring them up to speed fast enough? Can you, can this offense really work with this defense? Does it, you know, not necessarily like, does it tire it up? Is it too fast? You know, does it tire out the yeah. defense? The old like sunny thing was like the sunny offense is too aggressive. It's too fast. And therefore you could never pair good defense with it. And so I think you're totally right. Like to see that come to life, especially in the way that it did and it, and to have that win, like even just showing up on the ticker, you know, yeah. when you're like, I'm, cause I'm watching so much us open tennis and you're seeing it on the ticker and it's saying, you know, Cal 58, North Texas 21. Like that's a crooked number win. That's not 31, zero or 31, three or, you know, and some of the, I mean, obviously you can have the Baylor scenario where you lose <laughs> Texas state. So that's, that's, that's usually us. Um, that's one of those results that I think people look at. I was shocked that Jaden Ott didn't get national attention for his performance. He played two quarters. <laughs> like the guy barely even played. They ran different series with different backs. And he put up those numbers. They're like giving out the little helmet stickers. I was like, come on, Joey Galloway. What you doing, man? What are you doing? They're giving it out to like, Drake May or whatever his name is for North Carolina, who is like the most average stat line I've ever seen in my life. I was like, okay, cool. So, I mean, that's, you know, that is one of the benefits of the ACC is like, we'll start to get a little bit, maybe get more of that attention. Yeah. I mean, Jaden Ott, as of right now, is the fifth leading rusher in the country. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And he played like a half. <laughs> he played like a half. He played a half. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it was just absolutely amazing to see. It was amazing to like to see everything kind of come together. And obviously, I mean, honestly, shout out Jackson Sermon, dude. He was everywhere. Everywhere. Yep. That was incredible. So to to see just like he was making tackles. Obviously, I think he had the uh, was it either an interception or a sack. Like, dude, he was like he's unreal all over the place and just had such a big impact on the game um you know defensively i think irby got beat uh i think lumagia got beat yep on the two broken plays yeah yep and uh that's about it and brett johnson would have had a sack it was called a holding but that was a sack it was it was done uh but it was boy was it good to see him back on the field i mean just a totally different looking Cal team. And as we look forward from here, which obviously I don't want to completely go there right now, but I think one of the things, you know, is Auburn will be the nice stress test here because I think you can start to, I mean, how many years have we gone into the FCS game and been like, Oh boy, hope the (laughs) offense is going to show up because otherwise we're going to be sitting there like miserable as shit. Watching us struggle against the FCS team. I mean, don't you? I swear, like Davis, UC Davis, we're all like, oh boy. <laughs> I mean, Sac State last year. Sac State, we're like, oh, oh boy, Troy oh, Taylor's coming to town. <laughs> like, how, what are we going to look like? Is the offense, you know, I just think that question's gone. And, yeah. and the crazy thing is, like, the depth that we have at quarterback right now. I said this this morning to a couple of diehard Cal fans that uh, I ran into. <clears throat> a injury to our starting quarterback against an incredibly futile Arizona team, albeit, yes, we lost a boatload of starters. But, like, those are the things that would happen previously that would sort of, like, derail. And, like, that's where my mind went, to be honest. Like, I, re- I was, like, got the text, okay, could QBs hurt? Then the next text after that is, like, we look sloppy, and the next one is an interception. I'm, like, okay, great. Yeah, you've it's- seen that script before. Seen it, no, no, lived it, know what it's like. We're three and out all the time. We can't do shit. Everything's gone to shit. Wilcox is gonna, you know, end up punching something, some hole in the wall, and come into the, the press conference and be hella mad. And everyone's gonna be saying we never prepare for out of conference well. And like, I, I, I was there. I was like, it was living rent free in my head, despite it not even living in reality. <laughs> it didn't exist. It didn't exist. It wasn't on this timeline. But. I think now you look at, okay, so, all right, let's go back to a week ago. And I said, out of all the crazy shit that could possibly happen, 5-0 is a possibility here, right? That's a pretty emphatic <laughs> check mark on the first one. All right, now you got Auburn. I mean, Idaho, you're looking at that. I'm comfortably saying now, Rob, like, there's we're 2-1, and one, right? We got those two wins. Sure. I'm not, it's not like the, like years past where I'd be like, Oh, I don't know if I could say it. <laughs> <laughs> like the talent was obvious. We haven't outclassed a program like that since like, I don't know, 2018. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, look, the way in which you win matters. Not only the opponent that you're playing, but the way in which you're supposed to do it. This game for most like even level-headed Cal fans and analysts was this was Cal's game to lose. There was, you, you cannot lose this type of game if you're trying to either reach that next level or even help bowl eligibility. 
Like, this is not that type of game because the schedule is too difficult to do that. And then you have, I, I was telling Nam this, like, revert back to the North Texas game at home a few years ago. Remember how divided that win was, like, after it happened? Half of us were like, look, we won. Does it matter how we won? And the other half of the fan base was like, yes, of course it matters how you how you won. Um, and they're upset even though we, we had just beaten North Texas at home. This one does not leave any room of doubt. Not in a single person's mind because of everything that happened. Yes, we can talk about the broken plays, um, the two broken plays that led to Macklin's touchdowns. But as I was telling others, broken plays are fixable. What you can't fix is if an offense comes in and systematically dismantles your defense. If they go a drive of, you know, 12 plays and 85 yards and scores a touchdown, that is a dismantling of your system and picking apart every single player. This was just a one-on-one or a bad leverage call that happened to end up in a, you know, like a 60-something yard touchdown. Those things are fixable, which is why this team gives me so much hope right now. That and and you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you take away those two big plays, you you basically only gave them one real touchdown. Right? Like, I mean, that's what that's what Nick was saying in his column, too. It's like, yeah, we shouldn't nitpick and we shouldn't take things apart. But if you take away the explosive plays, which Wilcox, we've known for years, hammers home, what are the keys to success is limiting big explosive plays. And they're going to look at that tape this week and they're going to work the hell out of that. But if you can eliminate that, you really only gave up one drive for a touchdown. And I'd be surprised if against Auburn, if we're coming out in like man coverage one-on-one like that, yeah. I, I kind of doubt it. And so it's like, if you have that confidence, not that we should have pregame, but like maybe now it, that is the right opportunity to test it and really just put your player out on an Island and be like, okay, but like that's a different Wilcox. This whole game was a different Wilcox. Yeah. There that's... were moments when I was like, okay, let's just take the I mean, I still obviously still thought we were gonna lose. So I'm like, all right, just kick the field goal. <laughs> take the points. Take the <laughs> take points. The points. Oh, take the points. And and then I'm like, oh, what am I do? like what kind of chicken shit am I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> like, Yo, yeah, obviously. he's not gonna go for it on fourth and two. He's not gonna go for it on fourth and two. Yeah. We're going for it on fourth and two. We're going right. four on fourth and two. We're doing the Chip Kelly weird point afters. Like <laughs> it was, it was awesome. It was a different Wilcox. It's a different mentality. There's confidence on that side of the football in ways that we have not seen. Um, I think that we've had confidence and Wilcox has showcased that confidence. Like last year, he felt super confident. He obviously, I think he really liked Jack Plummer. I think he felt like he had the right players to make it work. And that that was like last year was going to be, you know, a big sort of turning point. And our biggest doubts were the system that was involved. And then, you know, with with what we had seen with Musgrave, was there really was was the ceiling as high as what we just saw? Mm -hmm. And I think that was what always sort of like tampered it down. And you could almost see the frustration where he's like, Going into the Colorado game, he's like, we've practiced. We've never had a better week of practice. But then we get to the game and it's this. And I think like this, this is very exciting. Like this should bring back that 2018, 2019 confidence where it's like, okay, we can come into this and expect the team to, uh, we can also scheme around, like make adjustments and scheme around things that are thrown our way. Yep. Uh, Be really interesting to see like how it continues to evolve against different competition, but talk about like an evolution, I think. And it's gotta be, it's gotta feel so good. Like this game just has to feel so good for Wilcox. Cause he definitely carries the confidence that they should win every single game. And, and I believe that cause that dude is a competitor. And so I think like for him to like come in, have this game, have all of the things that are happening in the off season, the conference, all that stuff. And then just come in, and like put that stamp on it coming into a home game against Auburn. Like that's about as ideal of a beginning to a season as he possibly could have asked for. Yeah. I mean, you, you nailed a bunch of points that I, I wanted to bring up and talk about, which is like, 
we knew Wilcox was going to have a change of demeanor headed into the season just because of the type of offense that he hired to bring into the team, right? But we didn't know to what extent that was going to go. Was it just the offense? Like, would, would he still be a little bit more conservative? Like, a lot of us were worried, you know, going into that third quarter, are we going to start to turtle or are we going to keep pressing on the accelerator and are we going to keep going? We kept going. We did not let up. Um, and even throughout the game, like going for two two-point conversions back-to-back because you're trying to make up for the points that you lost, like just absolutely a total like, or did we hire a new head coach? Like that's kind of the feels you get just because of the way that he's deciding to do things in the game. Um, and that's like an off-season question to ask him after the season's over. But, man, talk about a dude who went soul-searching in this off-season, and it's looking like it's paying out so far. I think we we saw the rumors of the change, and, and I think we saw circumstantial evidence to support a shift in mindset. Well, one, what was super fascinating to also look at was like the post Bill Musgrave offense mm-hmm. without like when we didn't have a no coordinator. Yeah. And it was much more dynamic, much more open. And that was like the first tiny little bit of evidence like this that and we felt you and I have felt this way for a long time. Like this isn't a Wilcox specific problem. Like, yes, he is someone that is hired two offensive coordinators that didn't work out, but that the problems that the team was directly experiencing over the last couple of seasons weren't necessarily like something that was him overwhelmingly dictating what the offense should be doing. And then, so I'm, I I don't want to get too like high on this, but like we had that first bit of evidence that, Hey, like, this looks very different mm-hmm. from what we sort of had seen yeah. since 2020. And then, okay, then we go to the old coordinator search and like some of the names that were coming up and what they were targeting was like young, dynamic, like, and there was no restriction. It wasn't like, you know, because he went out and got Bill Musgrave and everyone was like, okay, like dude has, has NFL experience, but he hasn't what has he been doing? And like, you know, it was the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. It was very much somebody that was like, all right, we're doing something completely different and we're going to prioritize doing something completely different. And that, but I still think you're like, okay, but like, let's be cautious with that. Like how different could it be, really be? Yeah. So I think this was the first bit of evidence that it's going to be pretty damn different. Yep. And different in a hopefully incredible way. Yeah. Yeah. I, you, you said it in the best words possible. Let me, let me go through some of the stats that Avi pulled, um, from this. All right. Oh, uh, this is where I get to break my news. Yeah. This is where I get to break my news. But here's, here's the thing. If you say the stat, I'm going to jump in and I'm going to break my news. Okay. So, okay. There's a chance you might get pie in the face. Okay. (laughs) It's just perfectly fine. All right. First one. After the last UNT score, Cal outgained North Texas 343 to seven to finish the game. North Texas had zero first downs in the second half, one first down in the final 40 minutes. Okay. Boom. There it is. This is my moment. This is your moment. I'm handing it back to you. They got a first down in the second half. Wow. Yeah. They did. Uh, they got a first down. Right, and then they threw a pick immediately after getting that first down. So, okay, it, so it's right before the ear be picked. Yes, right? is that the ear? Yeah, that is the ear be picked. Um, yeah. So it was like right as because I remember we talked. You told me that, and then I was like, "Wow, like this is great! Like it's super fun to watch football when you know the other team isn't going to get a first down." <laughs> <laughs> and then I watched it. They moved the chains, and it was like a quick play very next play interception Cal gets the ball back so it feels like they didn't but that is my breaking news and like who knows maybe I'm wrong but <laughs> there was one first down from North Texas in the second half okay all right so Andy has Avi on that we'll have to go back and watch the tape on that one um 
I'll go back. I'll go back later tonight and, and rewatch that third quarter and see. Yeah. See tweet the tweet, tweet the outcome. Yeah, I'll tweet the outcome. All right. Uh, Avi also uh, put up these uh, after North Texas signed up at fourteen fourteen. Cal outgained the Mean Green four hundred seventy nine to forty two, putting up twenty four first downs. With 33 points in the first half at North Texas, Cal has already scored more road first half points than they did all of 2022. What? Cal scored only 27 points in the first half in road games of all of 2022. We scored 33 in the first half of North Texas. (laughs) What? (laughs) Yes. Cal's 666-yard total offense against North Texas is their fifth best performance in program history. It's the highest since Jared Goff's final home game in 2015 against ASU, where Cal had 680, and their highest road total offensive performance ever. In winning in North Texas, Cal snaps a 12-game losing streak in road football games outside the Bay Area, circa UCLA 2019. This is also Jake Spaddle's first road win as Cal's offensive coordinator. He was 0-5 in 2016. Oh, thank goodness we got rid of that one. Yep. <laughs> uh, Cal put up 357 rushing yards against North Texas. It's the third third 350 rushing yard game of the Justin Wilcox era and the most for Cal since Javid Best 311 yard game against Washington where he went, where that was 431 yards total. Uh, Cal outgained North Texas by 444 yards, the largest net difference in yardage for a Cal team against an FC FBS opponent in the last 25 years and probably longer, but the stats don't go beyond the last 25 years. Lastly, Cal QB Ben Finley came in on relief after Sam Jackson, the fifth got hurt after starting slowly two of six for 10 yards. Finley completed 18 of his next 20 passes for 199 yards, but the Bears back in control. One of the best relief quarterback performances by a Cal Golden Bear in some time. Easily. Easily. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. And the thing that I thought, I mean, it was an obvious miscommunication, I think. Like, there was something that, I don't know if it was the, he expected the receiver to come in, so I don't know who made the mistake, right? Was it the quarterback? Was it the receiver? But even the interception, the cool thing about it, it's like, Remember how much we would pay so much attention to the turnover, like to turnovers. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I felt like what we saw on the sideline in the video, like right after that, I think it was Fab that just like went over and it was like, eh, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> right. And yeah. like just very different mentality around like a turnover. And even like the Jaden not, I mean, the Jaden not one, I was like, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he's uh, going to get a talking to for that one. Yeah. Um, but that that felt like I was like, oh wow, like you know, killer <laughs> right before the half. Yep. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just a total. It's a completely different mentality from a program perspective. But we've talked about that. We said that last year too. We said, okay, this is going to be an offense where, hey, or like that's what we wanted. We were talking yeah. about like, hey, like maybe we can let go of the turnovers and like have faith that, hey, if we turn the ball over once, like it's not going to crater our team. We don't have to be the. Uh, it's not the takers, but it was like, you know, the year under Sonny Dykes where we had just like unbelievable amount of turnovers, but we really didn't have that good of a defense. Yeah. We don't have to like rely on a turnover margin in order to win a football game. It can be as simple as it was on Saturday where the the opponent comes out, we shut them down immediately and we give the ball to our offense and they go and score. And like that is amazing. Um I think like, yeah, I just can't, I can't wait. I, I'm like so unbelievably excited for Saturday. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right there. I think um, the thing was that we zeroed in on turnover margin so much to the point that we tried to make our margin for error zero. But by designing this offense with this defense, we can look at the, we can tell the offense, the defense can now look at the offense and go, it's all right. 
we got your back. Versus the last few years, it's just like, uh, what the fuck are you guys doing out there? <laughs> like, like, don't give the ball up like that. Like, that's that kind of feels like the the environment change that you get from what we're seeing. It's just like, look, our offense is explosive enough where we can get a score easy. Like, you give us a turnover, it's fine. Our defense will take care of it. Like, I put out some pictures from when I was rewatching the game, and we were our defense. We were straight wilding at times, man. Like, there was there was one where uh, it was Sermon on Sermon is man defense, and he was lined up out wide because the running back was on the far end, and he was basically the corner on the far side. And I was like, "What is going on?" There's another formation where it's like four down linemen, Sermon smack in the middle, and then a shell of six DBs, maybe ten yards back. It's like a four one six. I'm like, what? <laughs> when is this guy? And it's like perfectly aligned. I'm gonna send it to you later so you can look at it. But it's like, it's insane to me that the. I was like, what are Sermon? You crazy maniac! Like, what are these formations that we're going with? Like, it's one of those things where I looked at that. I was like, are we allowed to even do that? Like, is that? <laughs> are we allowed to just throw one linebacker out there with four defensive linemen and then six DBs? Like, are we? Is that? That's not against the rules. Like we're it's, we're okay with that, refs. Okay, yeah, all right. If we're running that, we're running that. Um, but yeah, I I think uh, what you just said is out of all this, perfectly correct. I mean, Saturday the vibes. I can't. I still. It's so annoying that it's just Monday. Like, thank God it was a holiday. Um, but just the vibes is starting tomorrow is just gonna be like, can it be Saturday already? Like Friday yeah. night is gonna feel like the day before Christmas. Um, and man, man, we really need to sell out this game or get close to it. I think it's gonna be electric. Um, the last I heard from ticket sales wise, it's it's uh it's getting pretty full. It's not full yet, but it's getting pretty full, and so it's gonna be a pretty electric atmosphere. Gold it's out. One of those two is like the season ticket holder. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I could make back. Like a third of my entire investment on season tickets. <laughs> I was like, "Wow, all right, I'm coming up in this world." Yeah, I won't do that, but it was like, I was like, "All right, cool." Yeah, um, the, the intrusive thought, the intru- the intrinsic thought was there. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yes. Ever. <laughs> Always try to f- f- finagle a good deal. Uh. All right. Anything? Any other things on North Texas before we get into the questions and a little bit into Auburn? Question time. Question time. It is. All right. First one is from Joe Kenyon on Twitter. Seems like Sam could have gone back, and the staff wanted to keep him as healthy as possible for a big test next week. If he has a full go versus Auburn, does Spav unleash him and the offense with crazy play designs and formations? This game means everything. Look, I mean, the thing with Sam is like every you all saw like. Y'all saw the vision I was selling last week. Like I, I felt like I was like walked away from that. I was like, damn, they didn't realize like how, how much a thousand yard season is for a quarterback. Yeah. But like, he's fully capable of it. Like that broken play where he was just like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. He's an athlete. And if he's healthy, like, I think you have to have packages that are taking advantage of that. The danger is like it's it's the same thing with the Niners and Trey Lance. Like we did the designed runs and like with Shanahan and boom, like breaks his ankle. And so I think like the insurance of having somebody like Finley is incredible. It's an incredible blessing. And I think also like we I some of the things I was nervous about was like we were doing design runs with Finley. I was like, bro, like, come on now. <laughs> we don't have that many quarterbacks like can't. So I think I think that to me the potential of Sam Jackson is I mean one you have to like he won the battle. So that means and Rob you can speak to this across practice yeah he was better over time, right? Like yeah, it's yeah. not always like it's this not day a one, or that one day, practice, yeah, yeah. But over all of fall camp and then like he beat out who I mean, Ben Finley, who who we saw was very talented. Yep. 
And so I think like, yeah, you, in my mind, if he's, if Sam Jackson's healthy, you go with him. And if he's not a hundred percent, but can play, you create packages for him because then Auburn has to think about, all right, is he running or not? Yeah. And I know that's something that Finley, they were like saying he doesn't do as much. He, he definitely is an athlete, but the threat of that gives you more options. So I think you have to at least showcase it. If he's not healthy at all, you don't do it. But yeah, I mean, I mean, you talk like I watched Spaz post game presser and he was like, yeah, I had four playbooks, like four, four game plans. He didn't expect to use three of them. <laughs> like, and that's what happened. And like, you know, one, well, the first one was for Sam, which is, of course, you're using as because he's a starter. The second one for Finley you used because Sam got hurt. And then the third one you used for Mendoza because you didn't need the other two guys to play anymore. <laughs> You were up so yeah, much, dude. What? What? When was the last time we saw a backup quarterback <laughs> in the game in a win? <laughs> what, yeah, when's the last time we saw the backup quarterback of the backup quarterback yeah. in a win? I don't. Oh, I, yeah, I way don't. too long. Way, too, way long. too long. It feels good though. It feels so good. Um, yeah, I think Spav does unleash him. I think it's. Yeah. He, the thing is, if he if you've said he's the starter, and unless he's playing terribly, you back him until he, you are unable to play him. Whether that's, and, yeah. whether that's due to injury or bad play. With what I've seen, there's no reason why I wouldn't want Sam Jackson starting. And everybody loves a backup. It's a good conversation, but, like, dude. Yeah, Andy that really athleticism, that throw, the what you can do with the read option. I mean, yep. it's – and look at the quarterbacks that, like, Spav is – I mean, dude, it's – to me, it's, like, yeah, incredible. It's, so It's pretty simple. Pretty simple if he's if he's healthy, and then it, and I think if he's not a hundred percent, that's when you would see Finley start. But you'd still see some packages that would include Sam, and then obviously, yeah, uh, if he's not. But if he has a big game, get ready because I'm going to show up to the next home game with a huge poster with Sam, <laughs> Samuel Jackson's face on it. Oh my god, what's the oh. caption? What's the caption? Is it just the Samuel Jackson? You can't just have a Samuel Jackson fat head in the stadium. Like, there's got you got to make it witty. Like, there's got to be a line or something. I don't know. It's either it might say it'll get you drunk with the Chappelle one. <laughs> Nam had <laughs> Nam had a really good one at the at the uh, what's it the uh, right for California watch party. It was a uh, touchdowns, motherfucker. Do you speak it? <laughs> <laughs> I, that's an iconic one too. Pulp I want to be in a stadium full of Samuel L. Jackson fat heads. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'd be insufferable. Insufferable. Yeah, this is. Yeah. All right. Next one. Brendan Duff says uh, it's feeling too easy to just ask why the f didn't we use this offense sooner? What's the downside to using an RPO with our style of play so far? AKA, what do you think haunts Wilcox nightmares? Uh, well, I'll, I'll take a first stab at this. What haunts Wilcox's nightmares is the quarterback getting hurt. <laughs> you're, you're, yeah, he went through 2018. Like, everyone remembers 2018. We played every single quarterback we had on the roster. That's exactly the fear you have in running an RPO game. But in terms of just a football thing, I think up to this point, he was afraid that he would gas his defense out by running an offense that that was just too explosive. Um, that's what I think. Uh, but that's just my take. What about you, Andy? I mean, I think those are both right. I think one of the things that could be interesting with this type of question is like, you're always the the benefit of hindsight is always going to be 2020. And therefore mm-hmm. the answer will always seem simple, but I don't think the answer is ever as simple in the moment as, as it may seem. And so what you have to like keep in mind is you'd have to have direct evidence that his other option, like the way that he was thinking about it, wasn't going to work, which he didn't. So without it, you could say, like, of course that was going to work. Like, why didn't you do it earlier? But it was like, well, if I told you that I had another option that I believe just as much was going to work, and maybe it's more familiar to me because of my background, it's going to be really hard for me not to like, I, I understand like people are going to be like, Oh, it's so obvious, but it's like not right. Cause yeah. like you think about who, like who 
Wilcox is in his career and how he came up under the coaches that he was underneath, uh, it made way more sense to go with the pro style system than it did to necessarily go with like the RPO. And like, obviously he wanted to have big usage from the tight end and they wanted to have a big line and run the football and then uh, do a lot with play action. But like, so, so that's the way I would look at that. And it's like, you're totally right. I think it's like, yeah, injury risk. And uh, I think the the fast pace of it, it's like when you go out fast, it's fast. Like the defense is right. I mean, we saw that with North Texas, right? Yeah. It's like their defense was gassed by the end of the game. They're an air raid system and they would go three and out and then boom, their defense is right, like right back on the field. And all of a sudden, you know, they're making mental mistakes and all of that. So yeah, you have to have the depth for it. You have to have the fitness for it. But I also just think it's like really hard to look in a vacuum and be like, whether it's contract, like there's contractual obligations, the timing of it. I mean, for like, to be totally honest, the SPAV, like this reunion happening was a matter of good circumstance. Yep. And like previous circumstance may not have dictated or lent itself to this option really being available. Maybe we did reach out to Kellen Moore and like he had no interest in it, right? Like that we have no idea what transpired mm-hmm. in the in in that time. And like I also think a big piece of it is just sort of like there's not always one solution that's the right solution. You can live in a reality where there's multiple things. Like we are very critical on previous years, but like we forget that the margin of like of like not not like the margin of victory when we had that five and seven season, wasn't it like six? Yeah. There was a bunch, <laughs> like, there was like six games that was decided by a single score, like six or less. Yeah. So if that flips, if that coin flip hits heads instead of tails, this conversation isn't even a thing. And maybe we're still running that off. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. So, um, I totally understand the sentiment, but I think it's you know, my my main piece here is like let's just look forward and hopefully we can continue to enjoy this and and if if at the end of the season we're eight and four or nine and three and we're all like drinking beers at a bowl game saying I wish we would have done this earlier, I'll take that. Yep. That that's like I will take that any day of the week. If that's my one complaint, why didn't we do this earlier? No problem. Totally fine. You're not going to hear me on here being like, whoa, is me. <laughs> because that will have been, that will have meant that we will have enjoyed a very fun season of Cal football. And I think we all deserve that. Yeah. The last season of the Pac-12, so might as well enjoy it, right? Yeah. All right. We got a few more. Sid. Our dear friend, Sid. Sid's back. Sid's back. Yeah. We dropped 50. What player moment had you the most surprised in the game? Maybe it's something you haven't seen Cal do in a long time or something you didn't expect. See y'all on Saturday. I got this one. I know what it is. Trick yeah. play on a second on a two-point conversion and going for two-point conversions on back-to-back touchdowns. That's good. That's that was that was it for <laughs> me. I dude, like that that moment that when that happened, I was like, what? Wait, we're going for it? We're going for it! <laughs> Wait, we're doing it again? We're doing it again! In that spirit, I'll say my answer to that is just, it's just Isaiah. Ifonse? Ifonse, dude, is, that was the most Marshawn Lynch of Marshawn Lynch football runs ever. Like, that was like vintage was Marshawn. Marshawn. Yeah, it, was. it was unreal. It doesn't mean that it's like different from what we did previous years, but you know how much I love like running backs that break tackles. Sure. I mean, it's been like, it's really been why I've latched onto so many different running backs is just because of their ability to kind of like break that first tackle. That play was amazing. I just watched another two replays of it. It's unbelievable. I told you, I was like, they're going to use that on highlight reels for the next 10 years. <laughs> Close to it. Close to it. Yeah, that's a that's an easy good one too. That's something that I did not expect to see from a from a Cal running back. Like, cause that's not Otterly style either. And I didn't know what Ifonte style was gonna be, but good lord, that kid's body balance and like his 
ability to break tackles and like bowling ball people was amazing. 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 All right. Um, I'm going to save Tyler's question just for the end before we close out. So we've got two more here before we get to Tyler's. All right. Uh, the real Nelly pins sends us Finley looked amazing. Sam's first pass was a dart and his running is electric. I think we're going to be good at QB this year, which might be good enough for a couple extra W's. That's like, bring them on, bring them on the pod. That's what we're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) That's the Kool-Aid we are drinking here tonight, folks. That is, that is the Kool-Aid. All right. Uh, Actually, that's it. Uh, I think the last thing is Tyler's question. What is your biggest concern heading into Auburn? And we can kind of talk about Auburn for a little bit before we close out the pod. Yeah. I mean, my biggest concern is that the offense effectiveness drastically decreases against SEC level talent. Yep. And that the defense um, has those couple of early season mistakes that we saw. And so you're looking at, you know, defense, the defense is going to play more, you know, it's going to be, it's not, it's not going to be one first down or zero first downs in the second half. Um, So I think, and it'll be such a good test, like Hugh Freeze, and that's my biggest fear, though. I just think it's like regression. Yeah, there can be regression. Regression should be expected. Yeah, but you still want to see the wrinkles that are working. You still yep. want to see the things that you were talking about earlier, Rob. That like those dynamic plays, or like the weird point after, or we're doing like sending our, our O line <laughs> to the left, and like you know passing out to injuries in the flat like that those things are still possible i think that's like my biggest curiosity going into the game yep but i think we're playing with house money still i don't think that this is like a game where look if we lose this game i don't know if there's a a high probability that we come on this pod being like oh we like totally like like that's the c the backbreaker of the season yeah it's that's the thing it's like out of conference at home we're one to know but i still think we can play that under underdog role yeah um and so yeah that's those are my biggest anxieties but i don't really have a biggest fear because i don't think we have anything to lose i think the only thing we have a lot to gain uh and the only scenario in which like we i'd come on here maybe tail between my legs is like 49 to three. <laughs> yeah. Or like some massive, massive blowout where it's like, okay, like everything's back to, you know, back to what was me and all that stuff. So I, but I don't know, Rob, I'd be very curious to get your thoughts here. I, you know what? I concur. I think it's uh it's one of those where we, we know what the expectation is from this offense. Like we know how good this offense can be when it's firing on all cylinders. And if we come out on Saturday and it's not like that, with the crowd that we're expecting, with it being on national TV, with it being the primetime game on ESPN at 730, under the lights, first, uh, first, I believe this is the first home game or home opener at night in quite some time. So to get that, Pac-12 after dark, you know, the sun sets at 726 and the game kicks off at 730. Like, we're primed for some insanity. So if that's the case, like let's let's pull that insanity onto our side. Let's let's get it onto ours and let's use it to our advantage. Like I honestly think if I remember correctly, it was 2013 a night game? Sonny's first game against Northwestern? Yeah, it was. That was a night game. And that was the season opener, right? That was the season opener and the home opener. Yeah, but it's been some time. All our other games have been day games. I that went was back 10 to years ago, dude. Yeah. That was 10 years ago. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean, this, there's just like a little bit of a happy streak. A little bit of happy streak happening. Got the ACC security. We got people that are trying to raise a million dollars in NIL funds that have almost 
I can't remember. I don't know if they've done it. They were very close. I feel like it's very close. The the as as we're talking about this, something that broke someone sent to me just from a a paid board post is something about uh, wire transfers not going through because it's Labor Day. So they're like they're waiting until tomorrow to like really announce how much they made. Gotcha. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of a happy streak right now, yep. and I think if we could continue that mm-hmm. and go into the Idaho game with a two in front of our record. <laughs> the yeah. hype is going to start building. And all <laughs> those people that told me that people, we can't capture the casual fan to come to the a naysayers. I'll be like, yeah, right. They're going to be there. It's there's no competition. The A's of are leaving town and have basically thrown up a middle finger to everybody. The Raiders already did that a few year, years ago, and the Warriors got off the hook for moving to San Francisco, but we still love them because we rep the Bay. There's no competition. If we bring an exciting brand of football into the East Bay with a team that has a true just sort of like, oh, am I going to say it? Like a blue-collar <laughs> vibe. There you go. And the underdog story uh, coming up the last year, the Pac-12, there are storylines here. There are reasons that you can get people involved. And you can tell by the activity that's happening right now just for the Auburn game where people are saying, hey, I'm thinking about like random texts that I'm getting. Hey, I'm thinking about being there. What time are you going to be there? Or, hey, I was thinking about grabbing tickets from people that aren't even Cal fans. And that is, so it would be great. But once again, house money. If I'm Wilcox, I'm going in there. You guys are playing with house money, but you're the under, I'm like yelling and selling that underdog story, that underdog story that like, you know, Tedford, it's a total disrespect, all of that, like truly getting them to believe like, look, no, like the SEC thinks they're better than everybody else. This is a chance to represent not only the Pac-12, but to represent where you're going, the ACC, and smack them in the mouth and send them home and say, you know, this is a team that is not to be trifled with. Couldn't have said it better myself. I think uh last note I'll leave you with is if people haven't gone, Hugh Freeze had his uh, first media presser for game week this week. He did talk about the Cal team a little bit. He talked about um, Jaden Knott, talked about how dynamic he is. Um, and they asked him like what eight ought does in particular. And they were just talking about how he's a fast runner. He's agile. He, uh, you could throw him in power. You could throw him in counter. You could throw him in a zone read. If he gets any semblance of space, like he's going to take advantage of it. So he's, he's, uh, he's worried about that. He also talked about Wilcox. He talked about how, and some reporter asked him like, look, you played Don Brown last week, the UMass head coach. Who's also a, a longtime defensive coordinator in college football. And like stylistically, is it different? Like what is Wilcox bringing the table that Don Brown doesn't? And he was saying how Don Brown brings kind of more, you know, disguises and things like that makes it more exotic, but you're not going to find that type of look from Wilcox. What you're going to get from Wilcox is guys that are disciplined, that are well-coached, that know how to match up, where to line up, which gaps to hit tackling. Like he genuinely sounded cautious, like, a little bit scared of just the foundational aspect of like how Wilcox coaches his defenses. Um, and then of, of course they also are just trying to figure out how the hell are we going to play when our body clocks at 10 PM at night? So, you know, we talk about the heat. We talk, oh, we didn't even talk about the Texas heat, but we talk about like us going to the East coast and how it's like, uh, you know, if we play like a 1 PM, 1 PM game, we're going to be up at like 7 AM our time. You know, getting trying to get our bodies right, but you know, this is this is one of those moments where maybe we take advantage of that because their body is trying to tell their mind, like, look, it's time to go to sleep. <laughs> it's nighttime. <laughs> um, but I'm getting hit with men that are six four, two hundred and seventy five pounds. <laughs> like, let's take it's, advantage of it. It's real at age thirty five because I feel it right now. <laughs> but is it real? For college athletes. There has to be a little bit of it. Like at halftime, yeah. if you're just sitting there kind of just like like lulling, you're just like, like I could take a nap right now. Like yeah. when the adrenaline starts to dip a little bit. I'm pretty that's the same thing with the Texas Heat. 
everyone was talking about the Texas heat for North Texas, but like I think once the game kicked off and the adrenaline starts to kick in, you're not worried about the heat. You're just you're just playing football at that point. So it's kind of what we hope. Andy, do you have a this is early. We're recording this on Monday, but do you got a prediction for Auburn? Hmm. Why don't we go with 38-30? Ooh, a close one. Cal wins. Okay. Okay. Uh, for me, I'm going to have to give multiple predictions this week, so it might change as the week progresses. But So our dear friend Josh texted me on Friday night, okay? And he seems, sends me a screenshot of my writer prediction on the site, and it was 45-17. And he just is his message is the picture and it just says no, period. <laughs> and I go, why not? And he's like, you might as well have said something like 69 to 10. And I was like, well, I didn't want to sound too optimistic. And then on Saturday, as the game progressed, I think it was somewhere around the third quarter, he texts me, he goes, Bruh, you were right. <laughs> it's a king me. King me. All right. So I think right now. I think we continue the tr- the streak. I think we drop another 40 of 40. We drop 45 and we beat them 45 to 35. Still, close game. Close still a close game. Come out. It's going to be great. It's going to be a good time. It's a vibe, baby. It's a vibe. All right. Um that's it for us on the Golden Bear Cast. You can find all the written stuff at rightforcalifornia.com. You can find us on Twitter at Golden Bear Cast. You can email us, goldenbearcast at gmail.com. There's some really good uh, articles on Right for California going up this week, so uh, please take a look at that. We also have some competition for the NFL and for college football, so I believe that post is up. You can go sign up, cash right, and whatnot. All other sides. And I think that's it. And as always, go Bears. Go Bears.